Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in the Ivy League, a look inside the ancient eight teams in the Ivy League and their upcoming games with all of the stats, trends, and analysis that you want to hear. And now, here's your host, Tom Barton. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in the Ivy League. I am Tom Barton. You guys can get in touch with me at TomBartonSports.com, Tom Barton Sports over on Twitter. TomBartonSports at gmail.com is my email address, and you guys want to go check out my YouTube channel. Tom Barton Sports, of course, is my YouTube channel. Today, I want to take a look at the Ivy League NBA relationship because it really is an interesting relationship to me. We are on the week of the NBA draft. And once again, we're not really looking at anybody in the Ivy Leagues to get drafted this year. And it got me to thinking, when was the last time really you had a premier Ivy League NBA player or a premier college player coming out of the NBA? Now, look, the NBA draft is very, very different than the NFL draft. The NFL draft has many, many positions. If you don't get drafted, you could catch on to a team right afterwards, which we saw this year. We have seen in the past a lot of undrafted NFL players or real late-round draft picks still make an impact at the NFL level. But in basketball, forget about even the Ivy Leagues, just overall, if you're not a first-rounder, the odds of you making it are so unbelievably minimal. And really, it's not even the first round. If you're not a top-10 pick, you're not going to make a massive impact. That's how the NBA mindset has become, and that's how the NBA mindset has really developed. Now, a lot of people have had a lot of success coming over from the European League and playing a European style of basketball. We have seen a lot of G League guys really kind of elevate their careers. So there are different avenues to the NBA nowadays, but the Ivy League, which to me plays such a tremendous brand of basketball, it is not the high-flying, big-time kind of program you know, all over the place, dunking and doing that. But I like what they bring to the table. And I started to think about it, and I said, wow, I wonder how many Ivy League players are in the NBA because I do think that they are valuable bench pieces. And right now, there's not a lot, (laughs) right? I mean, there's not a lot. There's a point guard from Princeton, you know, on the the Magic, drafted in 2019. The guy played five games this year, not a lot. Kevin uh, Kennedy from Princeton, a lot of you guys remember him. But overall, there's not a lot of players overall. I mean, you have your Jerome Allens, uh, your Ernie Becks, Gene Burse, Bob Bigelow. These are players that played ever. I mean, we're talking about 1948, right? James Blackwell, Ira Bowman, Bill Bradley, of course, Brindley, Budko, Calhoun, Crozen, Howie Dalmar, Chris Dudley. That's the name we'll get into in a minute. Jeff Foote, Goodrich Graves, uh, Wendell Gray, Woody Grisham, and we're going back to, to uh, I mean, you know, 1970s here. Phil Hannigan, Armand Hill, John Hummer, Mike Kearns, Rudy LaRusso, Tony Lavalle, Ed Lee, Jeremy Lin, of course, we all know that, Mo Mahoney, Matt Mo- Maloney, uh, this is a little tongue twister, Ted Manicus, uh, Sal Marchusen, Jack McCloskey, Jim, who, again, the Philadelphia from a Pennsylvania, 1953, that, that was kind of cool. Jim McMillan, Jack Molinas, George Monroe, Dave Newmark, Mai Oni from Yale. That was recently in 2019. He's on Utah or was on Utah. Bud Palmer, Walter Palmer, Ed Peterson, 
Jeff Petrie, Tony Price, who we'll get into Petrie, Ed Smith, Brian Taylor, Ben Bradaclough, and Dave Wolf. That's it. That's in the history of the NBA. So I wanted to kind of take a look at the impact that they have had on the NBA and uh, just give you a little little synopsis on, on it. I, I started to go down this rabbit hole of Ivy League players that have ever made it to the NBA. So let's start with some of the obvious stuff, right? Um, you start with general managers and coaches, and Jack McCloskey was a Trailblazers Pistons coach. He's somebody there. Uh, Butch Van Bredeklaff, he was a coach of the Lakers, Pistons, Suns, Jazz. Um, we look at some of these guys as, okay, they made their name in other areas. Some decent players, Bud Palmer was a decent player, was a leading scorer on the 1946-47 Knicks. Jack Molinas from Columbia, he was uh, a criminal. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean that that's really was. He was uh, convicted of a fixture of college games, admitted, dumped some games. Uh, we don't get into him. Tony Lavelli from Yale in 1948 uh, kind of invented the hook shot. A lot of people will give him credit for. All right, okay. Uh, you know, he's got... Scored 20 points in the first game with the Celtics. There you go. Then you get into some of the big men. Dave Newmark played for a number of teams. Bulls, Hawks being two of them. Then he went over to the ABA. Uh, the, the, one of the big men in the league. Maloney, who we mentioned. Rockets, Bulls, Hawks. Six foot three. Wasn't a big man, but he started off with the three-pointer and really got into that. 76ers, Trailblazers, Braves, Rockets, Knicks, Nets. Dave Wall played for all them between 71 and 78. And you, you know, look at, he's he's the bench player. I mean, that's who he was. Armand Hill, Hawks, Sonics, Clippers, Bucks. He was another guy. Played in almost 500 regular season games, 16 playoff games. So a, a role player. Ernie Beck, Warriors, Hawks, Nats from Penn, 1953. Um, this is a guy that Ernie Beck is a name that Ivy League circles know about. Penn's career leader in points still at about 26 points per game. Penn's career leader in rebounds at 19 points per game. Penn's career leader in single-game scoring at 47. Um, he was on a championship team with the Philadelphia Warriors. I mean, Ernie Beck is a, an Ivy League legend. Didn't translate to the NBA level, but he had a, a decent career. John Hummer, Braves, Bulls, Sonics. He came out in uh, 1976. He went to Princeton in 1970. Ended his career 76. He was a 15th pick. 15th pick. Right now, again, didn't have that great NBA career, but again, you look at it and you go, "Wow!" Imagine a, a Princeton player now or an Ivy League player getting picked in the top fifteen. That would be mind-boggling to what we know about the draft and what it's turned into. Corky Calhoun, Suns, Lakers, Blazers, Pacers, Penn, nineteen seventy-two. He went to Penn. This is again another guy. He's an off-the-bench guy. Average five points. Average about four rebounds. Played over five hundred games. That's what he was. So. You look at these guys, then you get into the Jim McMillans of the world, Lakers, Braves, Knicks, Trailblazers. Um, he replaced Elgin Baylor, so that's something to pay attention to. And he was good for a couple of years. For a couple of years, he averaged over 18 points, nearly 19 points a game for three years. So he was a good player for a little while there. You start to say, yeah, they, they could make a little bit of an impact. And then you get into the best of the best. Brian Taylor, I, I know he's an ABA guy, but the Nets, NBA, Kings, Nuggets, Clippers. 1972, he went to Princeton. He averaged under for his career 14 points per game in the ABA. He was a starter on two championships teams. Averaged about 12 games after over for more than 300 games in the NBA. ABA All-Star twice. And he's one of the best players that the Ivy Leagues have ever produced. I don't think he's the best player. But he's one of the best players that the Ivy Leagues have ever produced. 
you go down the list of Bill Bradley. Well, Bill Bradley's probably the most famous name. He was on the Knicks teams for 10 years, went to Princeton. Uh, but look at what he's done afterwards. He became a United States senator. That's why his name is there. But he was a solid player. He was a small forward. He was on championship teams for the Knicks, which championship teams and the Knicks don't collide in many sentences. He was a solid player, average about 12 points per game. Again, not the best that the Ivy League has produced, but certainly the name that we all think of. Rudy LaRusso, Lakers Warriors. This is back, he got drafted in, in you know, 1959. So it, you go all there. Very good player again, right? I mean, very good player. He scored 50 points in a game, right? Uh, 1962, he scored 50 points a game. He, he was an all-star four times. Had an average of, you know, about 16 points per game, about 10 rebounds per game. Rudy LaRusso might be the best Ivy League player. But we got a couple left. Chris Dudley, we all know him. Retired in 2003, Cavaliers, Nets, Trailblazers, Knicks. So here we go. Chris Dudley was more of a banger. Only four points per game, six rebounds per game. But he was a known guy, right? I mean, he was a big man in the middle during the time when big men in the middle really, really uh, dominated. Couldn't get things done from the free throw line and had a, a middling kind of career. But we do know his name. Again, I'm still saying Rudy LaRusso is the best Ivy League player. But he's got some competition with Jeff Petrie. Trailblazers, he was there from 70 to 76. Princeton, 1970. He played for only one team. He was a first-round pick. Number eight overall. I told you we had a 15 overall. Number eight overall. Now, he did have some, some injury problems, but he got rookie of the year, and he shared it with Dave Collins, but rookie of the year. He averaged 22 points per game. He played in two All-Star games, right? I mean, he is a player that you look for, and you go, oh, 51-point games. He had two of them. That's an NBA Ivy League alumni record. You look at him and you go, yeah, Jeff Petrie, probably the best NBA player to play in the NBA. And then, I, you know, you you go down the list and you have a couple of guys that you could argue with. Though the last guy that I didn't mention, I, I didn't mention not because of a slight, because I, I think most people were talking about it. I know Jerome Allen, somebody that people were talking about and whatnot, but it's Jeremy Lin. You know, played for Harvard, took over the world when he was on the Knicks, had a decent career with the Rockets and the Warriors as well. Good player, solid player, um, more of a, more of a, a wow. You know, he kind of took over the field and took over the landscape of the sport and really almost became, I want to say, the face of Ivy League sports because people don't remember Jeff Petrie. People don't even remember Dudley, to really be honest with you. And then you got to go back. There's only been two guys ever in the Ivy Leagues to really be selected very high in the NBA draft. So it's not going to happen again this year, but it does show you what Jeremy Lin can become. When Jeremy Lin was at his best, you could argue he had one of the best years of all time in the Ivy League. But in the grand scheme of things, I don't even think he's a top five Ivy League, all-time Ivy League NBA player. I clearly am in my mid-40s, so I did not see a lot of these guys play. I'm looking at straight statistics and looking at uh, better better people that I've spoken to. I do a lot of radio shows, as you guys know. So people that I've spoken to in the community of the Ivy Leagues and the NBA that will tell me that Jeremy Lin was a good player, but he wasn't among the greatest of the greats. So while we are looking at the NBA draft, yeah, there might not be an Ivy League player going to be drafted, but I wanted to take it down a little memory road here and have a little, a little conversation about some of the great Ivy League NBA players that did become real good. It's not a one and done. This is not Jeremy Lin and everyone else. Not Jeremy Lin and Bill Bradley and everyone else. No, there's a pretty decent history. Although it's not a lot of players, it's a pretty good history with a lot of players that maybe will be forgotten. And I want to make sure that we don't forget them here. All right, that's going to do it for me, guys. Go check me out, TomBartonSports.com. Tom Barton Sports. Have a very good day, everybody.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.